Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The week 15 NFL trend zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Jason Bolin, Cody Spears, and tonight we have a special guest from KOA Colorado, Benjamin Albright, who covers the Denver Broncos, is stopping by for about 25, 30 minutes. And we're going to talk about the Broncos, of course, probably a lot of Russell Wilson stuff. You know the drill. And then we'll pick his brain on some NFL topics. And that's on the docket, just a chat with Benjamin, one of the best in our industry. Foremost, we're going to talk about Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, believe BLEAV to receive rewards. Bet online where the game starts. You've entered the NFL trend zone, the week 15 edition, and the panel is here tonight with Ben Albright from KOA Colorado. Sir, how are you this Wednesday evening? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? Not bad, not bad. Uh, before I forget, or in case we forget at the end because of time purposes, where can our viewers and listeners find you most easily? Well, uh, I would say, and I apologize, I'm doing 15 things at once. I just got off the air. Um, <laughs> I uh, you can find me uh, you can find me on Twitter at Albright NFL. I would unfollow me there. It's a dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> it's probably polluting your feed already. Uh, you can find me on KOA uh, here in Denver or on the iHeartRadio app. Broncos country night on the Denver Broncos game day radio broadcast, um, you know, during the game with calls with Dave Logan and uh, uh, Rick Lewis. Um, yeah, those are the spots for now. And then uh, coming soon, maybe find me on the game show network. That, uh, really? that that's here. Yeah. That's All right. Like, All right. Next week on that. All right, uh, Cody, don't let us forget about that. That's your job at the end. We're going to have him promo that for us. All <laughs> right. Uh, so, Ben, you've you've been asked some iteration of this question 115 times in the last few weeks, I'm sure. But I want to try to take a little different angle of this. Uh, because of the Russell w- Wilson trade, I want to know, is it your opinion that internally in the building, do they, the brass, feel like they were hoodwinked? Or are they still in a, yeah, this thing's going to turn around, baby, in 2023? Um, you know, I don't think they feel like they're hoodwinked. I think that the best way to describe that is they brought Russell Wilson in and they tried to marry him up with the offensive philosophy from Nathaniel Hackett. And instead of getting, um, you know, something that works, they got two watered down half offenses instead of one whole functioning offense. And I do believe that they believe that Russell Wilson will have a bounce back year next year when a he's healthy, he has a better rapport with this. They get a better offensive line help and probably a different uh, coach and play caller. So I, I think that they believe that Russell Wilson still has good football left in him. Um, I believe Russell Wilson has good football left in him simply because I, I saw Russ in training camp and what I saw in training camp wasn't this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I saw it every day. That's why, like, it was so perplexing to me. And just how bad it got. I mean, because it wasn't bad in the Seattle game. It really wasn't. You go back mm-hmm. and look at 
Everything went bad. It got bad. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think that was so, so shocking to me was just how bad it got mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and how different that looked from everything I saw every day in training camp. Amen. Uh, Jason, I know you had something along that line. Hit us, hit us with your question for Ben training camp or whatnot. Hundred, hundred percent. And and thanks again, Ben, for joining us. Uh, too bad we couldn't uh, connect it during training camp. But yes, I was. My my question relates to that exact thing. I was out there for three days. You were obviously there the whole the entire time. Um, it happened to be that during, you know, I had my boys out there, and one of the days that we were there, I think it was the second day we we had to bear witness to the Timmy P injury. That it was it was <laughs> it, it is crazy the change of the vibe that that had on everything and, and rightfully so um, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, that's, that's awful. Ex- you know, more so though for Tim than it would have been for the Broncos just because of how deep they were at that position. But I- I'm with you. I was watching that and I don't know if it was just because of all the excitement, all the hype. Um, and, you know, you see Russ staying after practice, working an extra half hour, 45 minutes with different receivers everything seemed right. And do you ever find yourself looking back at that time in training camp? Cause you just said it, we didn't see this then. And, and it, was there something that we missed there? Oh, you know, I think Tim Patrick's, um, you know, impact on this football team, I think can't be understated. I think we're missing that. I, I don't know that. I don't know that we did miss anything. I, I think that, uh, what happened was they came out in training camp and you had a rookie head coach who, uh, you know, they, they kind of looked at things one way and then they got into the game and you, you got punched in the mouth for the first time. Because Remember, a lot of these guys didn't play in the preseason. Right. And I think we got into the games. They got punched in the mouth for the first time and they didn't have calluses built up. They hadn't played in preseason games. They weren't, you know, and so they kind of got rocked a little bit. And I think you had a very inexperienced coaching staff. None of these coordinators had ever been a coordinators before. I think Dwayne Stukes was a special teams coordinator for half part of a year for Tampa once, but um, beyond that, I mean, none of these guys had experience. And so you had, you had a leadership vacuum. He had some struggles and no one knew how to solve it in the moment. And I think you got, you got a case of quicksand where it just kept getting worse. And they kept yeah. compounding it by trying to change everything on the fly and, 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 and making decisions. I don't think that were good decisions uh, in the moment. You know, you had uh, you weren't maximizing your players. You were you were always going for deep shots and on third down and you weren't just picking up first downs and keeping your defense fresh and all this other stuff. And I just think it was a lot of uh, micro mistakes that compounded together to look like major mistakes in the end because uh, the margins in the NFL are so small. You know, the, the opportunity to win is so small that, that, that that's those percentages. Those, those, that's what you're playing for as a coach. That's your job just to maximize those percentages. So, uh, I, you know, I think it's a lot of things. I don't think, I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about Russell Wilson being washed and I, you know, you look at the tape, I don't see that. I mean, I don't see a guy who is, uh, who, who had velocity come off the ball, you know, yeah, no, me neither. Make, right. We're still going to make big throws. I, I just think you have a guy that doesn't know the offense he's playing in at all and doesn't have uh, a burner that he can rely on the way that he always did in Seattle. You know what, what happened in Seattle play breaks down. You're going scramble drill. You send Tyler Lockett North and I'm looking for him for the sky ball. Right. Who's that guy in Denver? Courtney said that kind of speed. Uh, Jerry Judy's an excellent route runner, but his long speed isn't the same as Tyler Lockett's. KJ Hamler, who's supposed to be that guy, been hurt all year. Uh, Tim Patrick's been hurt all year, but he's a long strider, and that's not really his game. The only other guy they have that really kind of has that kind of long speed would be Jalen Virgil, and they barely use it. So, 
Um, you know, so I, I think it's just a combination of things. I think you, I think everybody expected that Russ was just going to be able to magically morph into Drew Brees late in his career. And that's just not who he is. Yeah. He's a short quarterback, but there's a very specific game plan to win with Russ run the ball, play action and the deep ball on scramble drill. And, and they, I, I think they figured that out here in the last two or three weeks. And it's, I think for this staff, it's too little too late. Yeah. And one more thing I'm going to say before I serve it up to Cody here that you referenced it, that game against Seattle, me and my boys watched that game the other night just because, and that team looked good. Actually, aside from the red zone blunders, that team looked good. They moved the ball effortlessly that game. They didn't punt once. I don't think. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. I have to go back and look. It may have been a few punts. It wasn't very many, but they were there were zero three and outs. Right. <laughs> well, and then it just once one thing went wrong, it was like the house of cards collapsed. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were two and one at one point. <laughs> All right, Cody, what do you got for Ben Albright? Sweet. Uh, so earlier you kind of touched on Russell Wilson's health. Uh, we all know Russell Wilson got a concussion uh, in the game Sunday and then was also eliminated from playoff contention. Would it be a smart idea to shut him down the rest of the season? What are we working towards um, as we reach the end of the regular season here? Um, it kind of seems like a foregone conclusion that Hackett might be gone. Um, just what are we looking for the rest of the way here? Well, that's the hot topic right now in Denver. I'm never a fan of shutting somebody down unless you have to. Um, I'm, I'm never a fan, you know, because I mean, what is what message does that send to your locker room? You know, you mm-hmm. still want out there playing. Um, it, it's okay for some people to get shut down, not for others. You know, I, I don't like the I don't like the dual class system like that. Uh, Russ isn't going to play against Arizona. Uh, he's still in stage three of the concussion protocol as of today, so uh, it's virtual. It's not impossible, but almost it's all but impossible that he plays this weekend. So you're probably going to see Brett Ripon this weekend. Uh, would I shut him down? No, I wouldn't. I'd absolutely play him. Uh, will they shut him down? I don't think so. I think they're going to play him. And Russ isn't the kind of guy who wants to be shut down. Whatever you think of him, what do you think of Russell Wilson, his personality, the, the cringy sandwich commercials, that kind of stuff? Uh, at, at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is a gutsy competitor. The dude mm-hmm. played hella injuries and he wants to be out there playing and winning. He might be like, you know, the modern Steve Urkel, uh, but he, <laughs> he wants to play. The dude wants to play, right? Yeah. So that that's the thing. Like, like, you know, we, we've seen him. He walked when he was in Seattle twice, he walked out of the uh the concussion tent in the middle of an exam because he wanted to get back on the field. That's before they implemented the new protocols. Uh, you know, he he had a season where he played through a torn, a partially torn hammy uh and and a and a had bones broken in his ankle, and he was still playing through it. Uh he's had he's played with a little torn lat before with with the fingers. We saw that. Everybody, I think everybody remembers the nano bubbles, you know, BS. Uh, so I mean, you know, he he has absolutely tried to gut his way through things that he probably shouldn't have. Uh, but I think because of his personality, people write him off as a guy that's not 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 the person that he mm-hmm. is. He he definitely is a gutsy competitor, so he, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field the rest of the season, even if you wanted to pull him. Yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the past who they face this type of scrutiny and you know be the face of all these memes. They would have handled it a lot differently. Russell still goes out there, and from my point of view, he's the same guy he was, uh, you know, last year and the year before that. So to your point, you know, he he is still Russell Wilson, and that gets lost in this season. Which brings me once again to Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> I mean, this guy at this point, especially with everything you just said about Russell Wilson, he's he's what you want in a quarterback. Hackett has to go. Do you have any suggestions on who might be on your list of uh, people to replace him with? Me personally, I got Frank Reich. 
Uh, just seems like it would be a great fit with style offense. And um, uh, <laughs> it just seems like he's kind of a player's uh, players coach, but not so much like Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I definitely think after Vic Fangio, that was the direction the Denver Broncos were wanting to go. Um, so, yeah, do you have any replacement uh, people on your list? The guy they should have hired last year, Dan Quinn. Um, you know, pair Dan Quinn with Brian Schottenheimer. Brian Schottenheimer got the best out of Russell Wilson. And despite some laughably bad reporting out of Seattle, uh, Russell Wilson and Brian Schottenheimer have never been at odds with each other. Russ did not force Brian Schottenheimer out. That is absolutely false. Uh, and I've confirmed that not only with Russell Wilson and Brian Schottenheimer, but people in the Seahawks organization. So I don't know where all that propaganda came from, uh, but it certainly isn't true. Uh, and Russ and Brian Schottenheimer will both welcome a reunion. Both those, uh, both Brian Schottenheimer and Dan Quinn currently work for the Cowboys. Um, you know, they, they have familiarity with each other. Uh, they both were on the Jets staff together under Eric Mangini back in the day. Uh, so, you know, I, th- I think you could do that. And, and you do that. You could also keep a Jiro Evero as defensive coordinator. Uh, that was Dan my Quinn, question. Yeah, we keep Evero. Evero was, uh, was Raheem Morris's right-hand man. Raheem Morris is Dan Quinn's right-hand man. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's overlap in the system and everybody talks about Dan Quinn running cover one, cover three all the time. Dan Quinn's run cover one, cover three, less than 50% of snaps this year down there in Dallas. They run, they run too high, um, you know, more than 54% of snaps. So uh, the idea that Dan Quinn only runs cover one, cover three is, is, is false. Uh, and, and, and Evero does mostly run too high. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's overlap with those defenses. I think all parties involved there would be okay with that setup. Um, because Everett's going to be a head coach sooner than later anyway. Um, he's, he's an emerging star in this league. He's going to have head coaching opportunities. He'll probably get interviews this cycle. Doubt he gets a job, uh, but he'll probably get interviews this cycle just because it's so hard for one-year defensive coordinators to get head coaching jobs. It just is, uh, even with brilliant performances. It, it just is. Um, if you're an offensive guy, the league's just tilted toward that. So um, I think uh, Dan Quinn would probably be – I'm not opposed to Frank Reich. I love Frank Reich. He's a good dude. Um, known Frank for a few years. Uh, Frank is uh, is a master at his craft. He'll have opportunities this year either way. I think that Frank uh, – the other thing that Frank could do is Frank could take an OC job um, you know, uh, and, and might wind up on John Gannon's staff. Uh, Gannon's got a, got a couple of uh, things he's looking at, probably the Texans gig where he was a finalist last time, and they would have hired him if it wasn't for the Flores lawsuit. Uh, instead, they they put Lovey in that job. Um, so he'll be in play for the Texans. He'll also be in play in Seattle if they do uh, retire Pete, which is very much on the table. Uh, retiring Pete Carroll is very, very much on the table uh, for Seattle. So John Gannon, I think, will probably have one of those two jobs. And Frank Wright could be the offensive coordinator uh, in in on that staff. Man, that was a lot of great info. I got one more for you. Uh, <laughs> So we talked about the overlapping or the similarities between the offense being a good thing. So do you think that Russell Wilson is a fit for this style of offense? I know earlier in the show, you also talked about maybe having uh, quasi two offenses installed over um, uh, training camp. So do you think that Russell Wilson is a good fit in this offense or maybe it was just um, the installment of the offense was kind of lacking and that's that's the problem there? I, I think they tried to hybridize the two offenses. I think Russell Wilson is good at one specific thing, uh, one particular type of offense. And I think Russell Wilson thought Russell Wilson was better at other types of things. And in the end, we found out that's just not the case. And that's not mm-hmm. to say that Russell Wilson isn't a great quarterback. He is uh, and has been. 
that said, uh, Russell Wilson can't do everything. It'd be like putting Pat Mahomes in the wishbone. Why would you do yeah. it? You, you got to put your aces uh, in your places. Right. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. You know, so there, there's, there's, there's some things that like, you know, Lamar Jackson works very well in Greg Roman's offense. Is Lamar Jackson the same quarterback if he's, if he's running North Turner's offense? Probably yeah, not. Definitely uh, not. So, so that's, you know, that, that's one of those things like, like a lot of it is fit. You know, Jalen Hurts looked like absolute trash. Uh, and then all of a sudden they switch from Sirianni to Shane Steichen, revamp the offense to, mm-hmm. and, and, and put things up. And all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. Uh, so, you know, a lot of it is fit uh, with some of these guys. And in Russell Wilson's case, I think Russ is a great quarterback who just didn't fit the, the you know, the kind of hybrid version. Peyton Manning didn't fit in Gary Kubiak's offense. That last no, Last year they had uh, they did the Super Bowl run. Yeah, you know, that was Manning so was, bad. I was clamoring was, for Brock Osweiler. I, I, dude, it was awful. It was so, it was it, it was gallingly bad. Like you're like <laughs> freaking Manning, and this looks like the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's like you know, it, it's it's just it fit has so much to do with uh, you know with things. And so in the end, I think you just need to find somebody that does what Russ does. And and if that's if Hackett can make a case for retooling himself and doing it next year, okay. Um, he, he's a likable guy and I'm rooting for the guy. It wasn't my choice, but you know, after meeting him up there at the combine and, you know, talking to him, it's, it's, it's hard not to root for the guy, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. man, he looks lost. He just looks in over his head and, and, and I hate that for him. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, you know, you should have known better. You hired a staff with a bunch of neophytes. You, 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 you booked your offense the, the guy with the most experience on the offensive side of the ball, the Denver Broncos staff is Clint Kubiak. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's accountability. Experience. All yep. right. So that, that's a problem on the defensive side of the ball. At least they had Don Capers that a Joe ever could kind of bounce off of. They, he never hired that guy. And that's arrogance, right? That's mm-hmm. arrogance not to hire somebody that's going to push you, not to hire somebody with previous knowledge on your side of the ball that you could be accountable to and look to as a mentorship. Yep. So, you know, that, that those, he made those kinds of mistakes. Now, did he correct some of it with like Jerry Rossberg, you know, and all that kind of stuff? Sure. But, you know, for me, a lot of that's too little, too late. And I, I still see him making mistakes. Um, you know, even in in-game situation without the play calling, he accepted some penalties. Uh, not this week; it was like last week or week before. Accepted the penalties that took sacks off the board and gave people extra downs. I'm like, what are you doing right now? Like, what, what, what are you doing here? Yeah. Um, ben, you talked about Jalen Hurts in the MVP race, and I want to ask you a, a weird question about the MVP race. So, between Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. One of them is presumably going to win the sprint for the receiving yards race um, after week 18. If one of those men eclipses 2,000 yards and wins the receiving yards sprint, will they realistically have a shot at the MVP award? No. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, look, look uh, it, it, McBride, the running back down there in, uh, in college, the running back down there at, uh, what is it, UAB. Um, go look at, go look at what McBride did this year. Um, it, it's absolutely astronomical what he was running for and running against good teams. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and, and he, that dude couldn't sniff the Heisman, uh, because it's the popular quarterback on the popular football team. And that's the way the MVP is going to be too. It just is. It doesn't matter. Tyreek Hill is having a phenomenal season. Should he be in the MVP conversation? Absolutely. Cause he's carrying to a trash of Iloa, uh, <laughs> you know, all over the place. But, uh, who's by the Man. way, got figured out on a, on a, on a hilarious four game slide, but, um, the, the, yeah, but I, more I so for Jefferson though, wouldn't you say, I mean, because he's doing it without, without Waddle. Yeah. I mean, you know, Waddle's speed on the other side, but Thielen's no slouch over there. I mean, it's yeah, just not like, better. and I, I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Tua as well. Um, you know, if two, if, if Kirk Cousins was sitting in that Mike McDaniel system, he might throw for 5,000 yards. Uh, my grandma might throw for 2,000 yards <laughs> to put guys on the outside. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, I, you know, I do, do I think Tyreek and Jefferson belong in the conversation? Absolutely. Are they in the conversation? No, they aren't. 
And is that, the, <laughs> is that the same for any defensive player for the foreseeable future as well? No, unless you're breaking a record that year, unless you're breaking an interception or sack record, absolutely. And even then, you know, is Aaron Donald the most valuable player in the NFL that's not a quarterback? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, is he ever going to be recognized as such? No, just okay. because it's a, it's a quarterback's league. Okay. I was thinking maybe there could be some winds of change. If, if I think if voters had an excuse that 2,000 yards is a threshold they could use as a backup, but I also realize that's probably a pipe dream just for some change, some progressivism. So I do, I, I do want to kind of piggyback on that, mm-hmm. though, because, Ben, I know that you think that Kirk Cousins is a decent quarterback, but nationally, there's a lot of people that don't. Um, you know, I he, mean, so... He's middle of the road. I mean, he's... He, He's Andy Dalton without, you know, without the the headbanger interceptions, I guess. I mean, unless it's prime time and then he's just Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Is that your next question there, Jason? I'm sorry. Oh, no. So my my next question is um, back to the Broncos. um, And the second part of this question is actually my uh, my my son Marquette's question for you. The first part of it is, do you think that. The Javon, I mean, we could point to so many different things that went wrong with Denver this year, but do you think that the Javante Williams injury was the biggest? No, I think the Tim Patrick one was. Um, oh. That said, just because what Tim brings to the table, it's, it's not about just Tim's uh, reliability in catching the football. It's the attitude that he brings to every play. He's a willing blocker at the receiver position. Yep. He's an example of a guy coming from the bottom and making good. Um, and he's, he's just that dude. He's a fiery, emotional leader. So, no, I don't think the Javante thing, um, you know, because they didn't commit to the run. I mean, look, look, that's been part of the problem with this team all year. They've never committed to the run. Even when they're running well, they don't it, commit to it. Except for the first um, game. The first well, game. Right, right, right. That's the same. Yeah, the first game, and that was really it. After that, they, like I said, they got punched in the mouth, and it was like they just, they're like, what do we do now? Yeah, like, that's true. Keep doing what worked for you. Uh, you make them <laughs> stop that. You know, you're allowed to call the same play more than once if it's working. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it feels like they're like, we're going to be the smartest guy in the room and we're doing this thing that works. Uh, what was it the other game? It was uh, a couple of games ago. They were feeding Dulcich early and it, they could not, they had no answer for it. The other team had no answer for it while they're feeding Dulcich. And then they just decided through the second, third, and, and part of the fourth quarter just to not go back to Greg Dulcich again. I'm like, dude, you can call the same play 20 times in a row. If they can't stop it, keep calling it. Yes, you know, keep, keep dialing it up, and that's something that this staff doesn't seem to like. They just don't seem to get. Like, it, you know, if it's working, keep calling it. Yeah, agree a hundred percent. And the second part then of this is, uh, you know, Mar- uh, Marquette's favorite player is Javante Williams, even though it's been very short lived. Do you think he wants to know? Do you think that when we do get him back on the field, that he will be anywhere near the player? that that we saw before he left that's the question that's that's the million dollar question right there um but we, we, i don't know we'll find out um it, you know the, the medical advances that we have these days have made guys uh, be able to come back adrian peterson has come back and and had a lengthy career i mean i know that's kind of a medical marvel guy but at the same time you know coming back from those things we've had guys come back and be just as good as just as effective as they were um it's the, the thing is it's not just a physical question it's also a mental question yeah you know uh, it, it's, do you have trust in that, in that repair? Do you have trust? Uh, and do you have the same mentality of being, because, you know, Javante ran angry, you know, I, I mean, to rip off Kyle Brandt's segment or whatever, I mean, he did, he ran angry. He was, he sought out contact. Uh, it was kind of like the way, uh, Marion Barber, 
you know, used to do things. You know, Marion Barber used to seek out contact, a violent runner. Uh, do you have that same confidence in yourself? Do you have that same, um, you have that same ability? So th- it's it's not just a physical question. It's a mental question. And we'll have to find both those things out once he gets back on the field. I don't think he'll know until he gets back on the field. Ben, we got two more for you. The one I want to ask you about, uh, we're one month away from the postseason. Uh, nominate a one and done team that nobody is talking about. Oh, like a one and done in the playoff team? Yeah, like yeah, there might be a little hype for them, but they're gonna get they're gonna get ousted early. Oh man, uh, take your pick: the Vikings, the Giants, the Dolphins. All three of those teams are frauds. The, the, if they make the playoffs, they'll be one and done. Every single, even if the Vikings are at home, or even if the Vikings are at home. So that would mean the Commanders, the Seahawks, or the Giants would get the best of them. Uh, I'm calling the Giants a fraud too. So, um, (laughs) two frauds in the first room. Yeah, one of those two. Yes. Okay. Uh, In order to to be consistent, there, one of those two would get the better of them. Yeah. Have you been this low on the Dolphins, even when they were flying high, like you know, a little while? I love Mike McDaniel, and I think Mike McDaniel is one of the most brilliant coaches in the NFL. And I think Mm -hmm. he had Tua playing light years over his level. Uh, I don't think Tua will be the will be the quarterback in Miami in two years. My goodness. Okay, that is a bold take. Um. All right. (laughs) Cody, yeah, I've, Cody, I've said multiple times Lamar Jackson's going to go down there, but I mean, we'll see it happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going to go there. I well, I think Lamar is going to wind up elsewhere, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, uh, is that your is that based on intel or is that your gut, Ben? Uh, a little bit of both. I, yeah. I would say that uh, I had him going south, just not that far south. Maybe stop it off in Georgia. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, right. that would be a classic fit. He would look really good in Georgia. All right, Cody, give us uh, one more question for Ben, and then we want to ask him about this game show thing, and we'll be done. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so I was doing research for the show about the Broncos, just kind of catching up, and I saw some whispers about, uh, you know, maybe a relocation possibly in the future. It sounds That always sounds pretty crazy to me, just like a couple years ago when the Vikings were talking about it. If anything, it seems more like a business negotiation tactic. But um, this new ownership seems like it has a lot of skin in the game. Do you think that's a possibility at all, or they're just kind of bluffing here? Uh, I don't even know about bluffing. It's in their contract with part of the ownership thing that they can't move the team, so they're they're not moving. Uh, oh, sweet! So I don't I don't know where that story <laughs> came from, but I'll tell you, it's it's absolutely false. Uh, the only the only movement that the team could have would be potentially moving stadiums uh, from Empower Field, which is a pretty old stadium that they have there mm-hmm. downtown, and building a new stadium at a new location. Uh, I can tell you, the Walt Petter Group owns land uh, out towards the DIA, out towards the airport. Uh, that they could build a new stadium on. So the only movement you would see would be there. They are not relocating out of Denver. In fact, I, they, they, I don't legally don't think they can. <laughs> oh, nice to get some clarity on that. Then we know for sure it's not happening. Would that be a, that be a retractable roof stadium? I wonder. Uh, or a dome, something like that. It would be the idea. Would be to put something up that they could get Super Bowls and you know the combine and you know all that kind of all the stuff that comes with the trappings of a new stadium. Yeah. All right, Ben, um, in the beginning, in the the preview, the teaser, you told us about the game show little uh, hint. What do we got there? Uh, oh, yeah, I um, I was reached out to by the head of Lionsgate Films uh, and uh, or the former head of Lionsgate Films, Tom Ordenberger. Um, you know, he runs his own production company now and they're putting together this game show. It's kind of a sports trivia game show. Oh, really? Kind of a poker thing. Yeah. 
so I've got a lunch with him a couple of days after Christmas. Uh, we're going out there. We've already had a couple of change phone calls and stuff like that. And they, I think they want me to host it. They want somebody that's kind of snarky and, and funny and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> I was like, well, I got your snark. I, I, hopefully I got the funny, but uh, definitely got the snark and we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. So, um, you know, yeah, that, that could maybe turn into something. We'll see. I, uh, I, I my life is, is, uh, has been, wildly blessed that I'm able to do the things that I'm able to do. And uh, that would be something fun that I could cross off a, you know, kind of a bucket list thing. So awesome. Nice. Would that be a, like an like internet thing or would that be on television or what would it be? Uh, the television. I mean, they're pitching it to, like I said, game show network. Um, oh, okay. You know, not, Sweet. You know, not that it's, you know, not that it's going to be the most white you know, on the, it's not the next who wants to be a millionaire. You know, it might be fun. Might There's be fun that snark. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, yep. this is, I, for me, it's just one of those things like I get to do something fun. So that, that might be cool and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, my life and the point I'm at in life now is all about experiences and all that. So mm-hmm. that, that, that'd be a real fun experience, I think. And even if it doesn't pan out, hey, you know, at least it was a fun, fun thing to try. Yeah, you gave it a whirl. Um, all right. Well, Jason, thank you for hooking, hooking this up with Ben. Ben, I hope you'll remember our faces, our names and maybe come back around the draft or something like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought we didn't get to connect before and That's you know, okay. me and my schedule my schedule's a pain in the backside. So sometimes I, I don't mean to be a diva, I just like uh <laughs> Well well that's fine. I'll let you uh I'll let you buy uh by me and my boys lunch when we're out at camp this, this summer. Uh, absolutely. Hey. Matter of fact, uh, I, you know, this is a couple of years ago. I had, I brought a, I got in trouble because I, uh, I paid for a hibachi girl to come out uh, and, and make hibachi. And, and I guess the open flame there on the practice field was like a bad idea. So I got in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out, but yeah, I'll, I'll take care of lunch. You have to tell that mini story on the game show. That'll, that'll be a hit. So yeah. And yeah. remember this space for the game show is future soul survivor. I love game shows. I'm going <laughs> all right all right gentlemen we appreciate the time ben we'll talk to you next time okay thanks ben. Later, ben. nice make it you. easy thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.